music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly. And this week on the show, we are joined by our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about Jennifer Lopez's upcoming new album and film that is coming our way in the new year. Jennifer has invested a lot of time, effort, and money into this project, and it really sounds like she's going to blow all of her fans away. We then take a trip into our vintage vault with Canadian pop star Ralph, chatting about her EP, Gradients, what it took for her and her business partner to launch a record label called Rich Man Records, her love and support for the LGBTQIA community, and of course, what is up next for her career. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Very excited to welcome back to the Kelly Alexander Show, our music editor, Sharon Hyland. Hello, Sharon. Oh, hi, Kelly. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Because uh, <laughs> I just make you come on the show every week is really well, what happens. And I'm fine with that. And I, I'd like to come come clean or take a new stance on what we were talking about last show, which uh, was the Grammys and how they should figure their stuff out about compartmentalizing music and blah, blah, blah. Remember, because I said it seemed a bit confusing that one person was in this category for that song. And yeah. and it was almost like as soon as we got off uh, chatting last time that I'm like, but wait a minute. Is it that now the Grammys is actually avant-garde in acknowledging that there doesn't have to be any confines of um of a genre that the artist doesn't have to be pigeonholed into one specific kind of music that they can have a song that is this and they can have a song that is that so i have to retract a lot of what i said last week because i have come around good for you sharon island and like this is a big surprise because you did not tell me this in the pre-interview so Kelly <laughs> <laughs> likes to make sure she knows what I'm going to say just in case I use foul language. And that means extra editing for me. <laughs> yeah. So one of the topics I wanted to bring you on today about was with regards to we got good or big news, I should say, uh, this week that Jennifer Lopez has announced that she's releasing a new project. Uh, we knew it was coming, but we didn't know part of it was coming. And the part of it is that we didn't know was coming is a film to go with a new full-length album. That's the yeah. part we did know was coming. And right. so this is a companion album to an album she released uh, basically 20 years ago, which was uh, This Is Me Then. And mm-hmm. now the new one, which will drop on February 16th, is called This Is Me Now. And right. uh, the film also will drop on the on the 16th of february and so my first question for you is are you excited about brand new jennifer lopez album this is like her first new studio album in almost a decade it's almost like um we've not seen someone this busy you know like she's she's got stuff going on all burners and you know she still makes time to be fit and have a healthy relationship and marriage and uh time for her kids and and things like that so um she knows how to get it done clearly what i love about the idea of uh new music after 10 years and this companion album coming 20 years later i think it's a cool bookend for her relationship with ben Mm -hmm. her now husband um that she had said that she loved not that she loved the first album but he loved that album this Mm -hmm. is me then and that he that he's back in it (laughs) this is me now i think that's really cool yeah and apparently this is like a way for her to sort of 
share her enthusiasm that there can be fairy tale endings yeah. and she's hoping to leave the audience um you know that that true love and a dream can come actually true you know for you yeah so i think it's out awesome. there it's possible it is possible. Everything's possible for JLo, which, by the way, I uh, recently did an interview on our sister program, Just Dance. Yes. And uh, I won't give away too much on that because uh, we'd love for you to sign up uh, for that show. You can go to hy.page slash Kelly Alexander show and sign up, subscribe to it. It's uh, a show I co-host with Tina Landon, choreographer to the stars. And uh, we were speaking to Liz Imperio, who is a very well-known creative director and uh, choreographer. And both Liz and Tina have worked with Jennifer Lopez mm -hmm. and uh, Liz was talking about how she has never seen essentially another human on the planet be so uh, decisive with decisions other than Jennifer Lopez. Sort of able to cut through and make it. Yeah. That's cool. It goes with her gut, she says. And she's like, because she was able to witness. First of all, Jennifer Lopez, apparently, I don't know if she still has this, but I'm assuming she does. She has two assistants, one for her music career and one to handle her film and TV stuff. That's smart. That is smart. And so she was able to see when they were at rehearsal that um, people were coming at Jen for all kinds of things like this, that, you know, her makeup line, whatever the heck she had going on. And she was mm -hmm. just like, yep, do that. Nope. Yep. This, that, this, that. Nope, nope, nope. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and she just was making all these decisions and uh, like quick and just following her gut and not worrying about it. Like just, you know, I'm sure not, not like, of course she cares about her product yeah. uh, and that's why she's the brand that she is, but just mm -hmm. going like, nope, I want this color. I want this. No, that's too long. Shorten it up, whatever it is. And she also said that Jennifer Lopez is amazingly talented at delegating. Perfect. Which explains also why she's super successful in many different arenas. <laughs> so, well, yeah, because you you have to be able to find that balance of being controlling, mm -hmm. but in the way that actually is functional, not, you know, paranoid or, mm -hmm. or uh, you know, supremely type A. You have to be able to, I mean, it's like you said, it's her brand, her name, her brand. Mm -hmm. She is it. So I think... You're not going in there thinking, you know, wishy-washy. I'm not sure. No, she doesn't. There's no time for that. So end game. I think she probably has that in her sights all the time. And as silly of a comparison as this is going to sound, you know, when you're like picking, uh, you get a new kitchen and there's new cabinets mm -hmm. and there's handles and, and there's handles for the drawer. You have an idea of what you want and you go to the store and there's like a hundred to choose from <laughs> at least. But knowing what you don't want right away. Yeah. Those stand out, you know, more. So your eyes don't even see those anymore and you can zero in on what you want. So I liken JLo's um, uh, very <laughs> high level of success to being able to pick uh, handle knobs for your cabinets. <laughs> go JLo, go. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, now, I wanted to speak a little bit more about the film that's going to be released in tandem with this. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's called This Is Me Now, the film. And so catchy. <laughs> it's so catchy. And so she has it uh, like so I got this full length press release because I happen to be on the uh, press release list for the company in Canada that's dealing with her project. Nice. So it was very interesting to actually get the full details that came in this in this press release. And so um, part of the description goes it's a narrative 
driven, intimate, reflective, sexy, funny, fantastical, and highly entertaining musical and visual reimagining of her uh, publicly scrutinized love life. Uh, She works with director Dave Myers, and they are creating a genre-redefining immersive cinematic experience, an an extravagant visual and sonic feast with impressive choreography, star-studded cameos, costumes, sets, and blockbuster-worthy visuals. Wow. That's a lot going on. So oh. I actually reread that twice, Sharon, because yeah. so many descriptive words in here. And here's the deal. I don't know if it's an actually a musical or a bit of both. <laughs> a long I don't form. know what it is. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so um, I just know it's a lot. Uh, and Dave Myers is an amazing music video uh, person, like director who's worked with everybody, including my girl, Janet, which is very yep. nice. Um, And he's worked with Jennifer before also. Um, What do you think it's going to be after I read this to you? Well, I like the idea uh, that the press release includes words like uh, astonishing, vivid spectacle. And fantastical. (laughs) And uh, and that it's an ode to her journey. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know what it is either. But I do know that the whole world's going to get to see it through uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, the idea, I think that she's in great company with the likes of Beyonce and and Taylor Swift really maximizing the idea of um, of offering their fans a really inclusive experience, not exclusive of the non-diehard fans. I think it just, it allows them to present themselves in a way that sort of says, hey, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is why there's so many thousands of people here every single time. Come and check it out. Now, for... All three of those women, whether it's Taylor Swift, Beyonce, or J-Lo, these are decades-long careers. So the fact that they have their finger on on the pulse of what people want access to and would enjoy seeing, I think, is supremely impressive. And uh, I think I'm perfectly fine waiting to find out what sort of astonishing vivid spectacle she will present to us with all the uh, adjectives that you mentioned before what it's going to be i i'm i trust her uh, implicitly to give us something that's gonna be amazing yeah it's absolutely gonna be amazing it's just so funny because i really have no idea what's coming i really don't after reading this thing <laughs> twice and now third time because i did then read it out loud to you so i i really don't know what's going on but uh, i know that they they said that again they want to leave everybody feeling that love can be an option and finding your fairy tale and all that kind of stuff so yeah um i think it's amazing and, I, and i'm excited to see because part of this description says that there will be uh, star-studded cameos um, so I'm not sure which one of hers or which, you know, several of her celebrity friends are going to show up. Um, hopefully Leah Remini. I think she's fun. She is fun. Like her BFF. Yeah, that's really so, cool. So we'll see. And uh, I just wanted to leave you with a, a few fast facts uh, for Jennifer Lopez before we wrap this up, because it's astonishing. So she has sold more than 80 million records. Over 15 billion total combined streams of all her music on streaming platforms, over 18 billion views of her music videos, four number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, uh, two number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart, and the list goes on and on. I should mention 13 13 million certified RIAA album sales. Pretty incredible. She's bananas. This is the person who can make a decision right now. 
That's what happens when you're decisive. You get stuff done. I love it. So uh, Jennifer Lopez, get ready for that again. The album and the film dropping on the 16th of February. And just a last note, the first single from the album will drop on the 10th of January. It's called Can't Get Enough. And uh, if you are a big, true Jennifer Lopez fan, you can actually uh, pre-save it as well. So Sharon Highland, thank you for your time. Always appreciate it. Kelly, thanks for having me. That is Sharon Highland. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at the Sharon Highland. And of course, also check out the podcast that we co-host together called 90s Now. And you can find us on all platforms as well at 90s Now FM. Follow us on Instagram. Kelly Alexander Show. So excited to welcome to the show Canadian recording artist Ralph, who has had a top 20 hit with her song Gravity, over 45 million streams and counting with her music catalog, has recently released her EP called Gradients with six songs on it, including an an amazing track called Tommy. I'm so excited to to have you back on the show. So welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be back and chatting with a human about music. This is great. And I should say that it's Ralph, but you're in light. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people are always like, you're a woman. I thought you were a man. So, you know, it's good to just clarify sometimes. Perfect. Actually, I don't think I've ever asked you how you decided to go with that stage name. Well, I was doing music for like a long time prior to Ralph, but it was mostly like folky singer songwriter stuff. And I was generally going under my real name, which is Raffaella. So it was like Raffaella Rosemary or Raffaella. And then when I started doing pop stuff, I just kind of wanted to like step away from that, that character that I kind of been in the folk world and be like, you know, new project, new me. I kind of wanted to like, just be like, not Rafa, you know, it's like I'm Ralph and Rafa aren't drastically different people, but it's kind of nice to just have that separation. Sometimes when you step off stage, you're like, okay, now I'm Rafa. But when I'm on stage, I'm Ralph, I'm this, this person. And it was just kind of inspired by like, I, I, the producer that I was working with, I just listed like a ton of names that kind of were like Rafa reminiscent. And I had picked Ralph and Ralphie because of a character on the magic school bus that I always liked. So he was like, I like Ralph. And I was like, cool. I like Ralph. I like that. It's androgynous. I like that. It, it, you know, it's kind of like guy, girl, whatever band, solo artist, kind of, kind of ambiguous. Well, it works for me too. And it's obviously working right across the country because you're getting airplay and everybody loves you. So that's amazing. Now, um, (laughs) let us have a little chit chat about Gradients. So six songs. Can you tell us what the like theme or there are several themes, I think, right to this EP? Yeah, I think like the way that I write music is generally pulling from real life experience and interactions that I have with with people. And, you know, I gather those interactions through travel, um, through person to person interaction, you know, so it was really challenging over the last year being so insular because I, I was like, okay, well, what are, you know, what are my inspirations now? What are my writing inspirations? So I found that I was sort of hitting this challenge of, okay, so maybe I'll write almost like from this like story kind of this like narrative story point of view where I was kind of creating this fictitious, yeah, like tales, but then also kind of inserting bits and pieces of real life. So a conversation with a friend, a dream I had, you know, a couch that I actually own, like in Rules of Love. So uh, I like the word gradients because it it basically means a, a place where there is an abscess of boundaries. So uh, an absence of boundaries rather. So it's so this limbo land of like a boundaryless kind of world. And I felt like that was kind of uh, appropriate because in COVID, you know, I felt like we were all kind of like floundering. We were like, what are our boundaries? What are our limits? But also at the same time, the, the way that I was writing my songs, it was kind of this 
this like mash of all of these different, um, these different things, you know, real, not real dreams, conversations. Yeah. The music, are you already visualizing the music video? Cause like for Tommy, for example, <laughs> it's very like, woo, it's like all these amazing, like period wigs and gowns and like, yeah, super awesome. Like, I didn't know if you were watching like the crown at the time. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. Like that concept was something that I had come up with, with, my hairdresser who designed all those wigs and a friend of his, Renee, who ended up directing with me. So that was something we'd planned. We'd, we'd actually talked about before Tommy was even written that we talked, we came up with that like three years ago, we had coffee and, and I was like, I have this concept for a music video that I love. It's Marie Antoinette. She's on a motorcycle, but she's wearing Nikes, you know, flash forward to three years later, I started working with Renee and I was like, okay, well, remember that video idea that we talked about that we both loved. Could we apply that to Tommy? Like Tommy doesn't necessarily have to be about, what's happening in the song, it could kind of, you know, we can kind of make it work with this concept. So actually the music video idea was pre-existing Tommy. And then we were like, okay, I think we can marry the two. We couldn't get motorcycles because it was like January, but. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun, like, do you like being on a, a music video set? Cause I've spoken to enough artists and some are like, yay, I don't mind being there for 14 hours. And people are like, others, yeah. it's terrible. Um, well, for me, like, because I have such a creative role in my project, like I crafted that music video very like me and Renee were on zoom calls for like three months, basically putting together that whole thing. And then we got our team slowly because that video was so elaborate and our budget was not elaborate. We really, it took time to pull people in and to find the location. And so because for me, I almost have like a producer creative director role. I do enjoy it um, because it feels like something that I've spent so much time putting together. It's such a part of me as an artist. And also for that video specifically, my little brother was the DP and I had like so many different friends on the crew that like, uh, it's kind of a pleasure to watch it come together. Yeah. I was reading an article where the author described you and I, I love this. Like when I saw this, I was like, yes, as indie pop royalty. How does that make <laughs> you feel? You know, it's really funny whenever people are like, oh, like pop star Ralph. I'm like, I don't know. It always feels like sort of comical because like, I don't feel that way. So it's kind of like, I like kind of accept it with like a laugh, but it's, I'm glad that that is what people perceive me as. Cause I think when you've been doing music for as long as I have, you kind of want to get to a point where you're like, oh, people are taking me seriously. Like, oh, people are hearing me and thinking of me as like a, a serious artist. So you know what? I like it. <laughs> That's cool. And I just think for you, like, because- Yes, you're a pop artist who obviously we play on, on, on Virgin, but like there's this extra element to you, in my opinion. So I, I feel like having that royalty and it, maybe it's also just from watching the Tommy video, like it just seems yeah. like it's very cool. And you're and you're you're a pop artist, but you've got this like quirky factor to you. So I just think it all mm. works. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's funny that quirky has been like a word that has been applied to me for majority <laughs> of my life. And I'm always like quirky like a quirky aunt like an aunt who has like a parakeet and like wears hats like where you know like where is this quirky <laughs> yeah I don't know but I think quirky is better than being you know bland or or yeah. kind of um, but see you like, also like back it up you know what I mean because like you have this again like flair for lack of another word you know better word like yeah flair to you and then your songs are awesome so it's like you've you're hitting on all marks as far as I'm concerned so well, well, thank to, you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> you launched a record label named Rich Man Records. Yeah. Please explain where you came up with it because it's super funky. But then the second <laughs> part of the question is, 
in this day and age, like, why would you add all that extra work to yourself? Like to be ah. in charge of a label, like you're a label boss. Well, I haven't actually had anyone say that or ask me that question. So I love new questions um, or like new, you know, thinking points. But so I've been working with my manager, uh, Lori Lee, for I think six years. I met her at a women in music meeting, timidly approached her and asked her to listen to my like EP. And then we started working together. So we've been working together and like we hustle very hard, like we work very hard on this project. And when we left 604 Records and I went back to be an independent artist, we were like, you know what? It would be cool to become actual business partners, to join forces and to release music under Rich Men Records and to co-own it. And to have this like, you know, yes, you're right. It is a whole other kind of role to take on, but it already feels like we're kind of doing it. Like it feels like my goal with Rich Men Records is like, because I have so many different interests in music besides just being a performer and a singer songwriter. Like I love, I, I used to, I did styling for a while and I also studied film in university. I have a degree in film theory. So for me, like doing music videos and working with other artists on their image and their branding, that's really fun for me. So the idea of like creating this label and we also wanted to focus on the label being a safe space because me and Lori are like two women in music and, we have definitely had moments where we felt very diminished or unsafe in that atmosphere because we're women. So we wanted to kind of create this label because we felt very passionately about, you know, helping other people not feel that way. And we want to work with, with female identifying artists, with POC artists and with queer artists. So it kind of just felt like an opportunity for us to just flex and, and kind of explore other fields that we already know we love and want to kind of see where it goes so it doesn't really feel like it's taking on this like whole new responsibility it kind of feels like actually an exciting future kind of role that as ralph continues i can kind of just step into these other i don't know yeah these other fields like for me it's exciting um and the name came from a share quote uh, so Cher's mom said, honey, you need to marry a rich man. And she said, mom, I am a rich man. And because, you know, the music industry is, and I say this with love, like there are a lot of good men in the industry. This is a very tongue in cheek comment, but there's just a lot of men that run the industry. So we thought it'd be funny to have two women run a label called Rich Men Records. Are you going to like with Rich Man Records, is there yeah. a desire or a goal at some point? Because I know like you're trying to balance both, right? Like you're Ralph and you've got yeah. that to deal with. And then yeah. signing new acts, like, do you want to break like the next Alessia Cara out of like Toronto? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's funny because like we announced Rich Man Records and then literally like two weeks later, the pandemic hit. So we kind of spent the last, I don't know, how long has it been? Like a year and a half more working on on gradients and kind of like just working with like, okay, well now that we can't be performing and touring, what can we be doing? So I think that like the idea of working with other artists has just taken a backseat for right now. It's definitely a goal to, I think we'll start with doing single releases and working with artists on single releases and, and, and kind of just making connections with artists that we like and reaching out to artists that we like. But yeah, I mean, it would be amazing to obviously to find an artist who had just this like uh, talent and um, and to like have them put out a song that does very well and maybe goes viral on TikTok. Like, yeah, I think that's everyone's goal. <laughs> music is a fickle, like I love the music industry, but it's, it's a fickle, it's a hard place to survive, you know? So you really, you got to just constantly be on your toes and thinking ahead. 
Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Now, you mentioned a few moments ago, and I wanted to bring it back, like the the LGBTQ plus community. And mm-hmm. if my research uh, stands up, I feel like you have a, a, a large support from that community, like who love Ralph, right? And yeah. so what does that mean to you to have the support? And, and do you feel a responsibility with that? 100%. Yes, I f- have always felt like, so privileged and grateful um, and supported by the LGBTQIA2S plus community. It's amazing to look out at a show and see like the first five rows are, you know, for the most part, like queer young men who show up in these like amazing outfits. And I, a lot of them I've, you know, come to know because I, I see them at shows all the time or we've spoken on Instagram. Um, and it's just like this amazing love and support unconditional and i think that that's also really what glues that community together is this unconditional love and support for each other so it's amazing that they've extended that to me as an ally so yeah i feel a lot of sort of like this 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 motherly um protection i guess so like i really try to curate safe spaces at my shows even when i'm songwriting i've been more and more conscientious of the words that I use or the pronouns that I use definitely for some of my songs, I've tried to swap out the gender pronoun and just be more like about you, you know, it's more, it's, it's so then it can just be universally relatable. So I think I'm always, it's good. It, it, it like being such, you know, being supported so much by that community challenges me to just consciously like be the best ally that I can. Yeah. It's been amazing. Like being on drag race was just like, wow, <laughs> a dream come true. As a Canadian artist, who are you listening to from Canada right now in the pop space? Like, is there, are you fans of like an Alessia Cara or like a Maria May or? Yeah. I mean, I always like, they're sort of the the quintessential favorites. Like obviously Charlotte Day Wilson just put out her new album, which is, uh, which is great. Just like super easy listening. Like I've, I've loved Charlotte for a long time. I love Lou, Lou Calla. Uh, we've done some writing sessions together. Like Lou's just, she's like such an amazing character and has such a wild voice. Like the stuff that she sings, I'm like, wow, I can't. Um, and I'm, I'm really big fans of Alex Porat and Gray, who are two artists that, that Lori um, works with. I'm actually like going on tour with Alex Porat. She's, she's such a great writer um, and singer. Um, Olivia Lani. Oh, Rylan James. I was just kind of introduced to has one of the best voices I have ever heard in person like truly like I just hung out with him for no reason at all um uh, I don't think I can talk about why but it will come to fruition as to why but anyways I heard him singing and I was just like wow like sometimes you hear a voice and you're like you make singing you make runs just look easy like it was crazy so yeah it's nice to consistently discover new new Canadian artists for sure is there a Canadian DJ that you would like to work with? Like a Frank Walker, a Sean Frank, oh. Luxury? You know what? I have been like friends with and a huge fan of Bambi for so, so, so long. Um, also Felix Cartel. Uh, yeah. We kind of spoke a little bit. I know he's not really a DJ, but kind of does like dance, dance music. We'd spoken a little while ago. Um, Loud Luxury, I think we had spoken a while ago too when we got nominated for Junos at the same time. And we were like, oh, this could be a fun, you know, to really like lean into the the dance, <laughs> the dance world. Because as much as I love doing a ballad, like I do know that my fans love it when I'm like, okay, here's a dance song. Here you go. 
when it comes to the touring, which I know we're going to talk about in a sec, but I guess I'll lead you into it. And the fact that nobody's been touring for like over a year, I know things are starting to finally kick up in the States and all mm. that stuff. What does it mean to Ralph to be able to hit the stage later on this fall? You know, it's, it's so like, I don't know how it's going to feel. Like a lot of people have been like, how do you think it's going to feel? Like, what's it going to be like being back on stage? And it's so weird to be like, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, it was like, uh, it was the easiest thing for me two years ago to perform. Um, I, I actually don't get nervous when I perform anymore. I think I've sort of built up this kind of ability to just manage my, my nerves. Um, and now I'm like, I wonder if, I don't know. I wonder if nerves will be a part of it. I think it'll just be like overwhelmingly exciting. Um, and like, who knows, maybe a little bit emotional, um, but I, I'm just really pumped to perform for an audience again. I think if anything, I've like really, I've been humbled by how important it is to have an audience giving you back that energy. Cause I've done a couple of performances where it was for like in a venue to an empty audience, like live streamed. And when you finish a song and you're just like, <sighs> there's just nothing. It's like, you're like, okay, I guess we'll just do the next song. Okay, here we go. So yeah, definitely, like, I think it's just going to be like, whoa, 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 I've missed this a lot. Yeah. I know you've been to Montreal before, I'm sure many times. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to about when you perform here on November 27th at Pizza Campus? Like, Montreal fans, what do they mean to you? Montreal fans just, like, always turn up. Like, every time I've been in Montreal, even when I've been in Montreal opening for different bands, like, the audience is always so energetic. I find sometimes in other cities it takes, like, a while to to get the audience going. Uh, you know, there's always like that, that space in the front and you're like, Hey guys, don't, don't be afraid. Like, come on up. But in Montreal, people are like, hello, we're in the front. We are ready to dance. Like we've already had like five beers. Like, I don't know. It's just the energy is like so palpable in Montreal. Although I did get one bad review ever in my years of performing and it was uh, a, a Montreal review. So I might Ooh. invite that. I might invite that reviewer to my show to be like, hi, I'm hoping that um, you don't think I'm contrived anymore. (laughs) Uh, So I know you are um, preparing for the tour. Is there any little tidbit or nugget you can give to me to pass along to your Montreal fans about what they can expect when they see you back on stage? Well, I'm hoping to have uh, a guest performer or dancer in every city. I am sort of like finessing that. So, so we'll see if I can have, I'm pretty sure I already have a Montreal person. So uh, we'll have a guest. Um, I think that like for my own performance, well, first of all, I'm like excited to have like fun tour looks, obviously. I also would like to encourage anyone and everyone coming to the show, like do it up, put it on, wear the wig, wear the glitter, wear the sparkles, like little, like little subtle outfits, like, I mean, do whatever you need to do, but like, I would encourage just pulling out the stuff that's in the back of the closet that you haven't had a chance to wear yet. Like, I really want us to just like go big or go home kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And like bring, bring friends who haven't come to see me yet. You know, like I really want, uh, I just really want the audience to just, just have like the best time. And Alex Porat is opening for me on tour and she's such an amazing performer. I think I'm going to pull her up to do a song with me on tour too. Uh, she actually co-wrote one of the songs on my uh, album. So that's cool um, on Moon Ring. So yeah, I'm still finessing like what the actual performance will look like, but uh, I would just encourage everyone to 
start planning your outfit now. I know tour is, is main focus probably coming up, but is there anything like coming up after that, that you like, will you do a full album again? Like, do you have any idea what's coming? Maybe acting? Who knows? I don't know. Well, I started voice acting uh, during the pandemic because for months, like for years, I've had people telling me I used to act uh, as a kid and a teen. And I had people my whole life being like, oh, my God, you have such a good voice for acting. You should do voice acting. So I've been doing voice acting and I've been doing writing for TV and commercial. So I have a couple fun things coming out in that realm, which can kind of be exciting for my fans to just be like, oh, that's another way of hearing Ralph. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like I find with with like my artistry, it's kind of like you're either writing or you're touring. It's like writing and releasing and then touring. So right now I'm kind of in like release mode into tour mode. Not to say that I'm not kind of constantly writing in my head, but I, I don't know, like EPs feel a little bit easier than full length albums, to be honest with you. I always find with full length that like you release your singles. And then when you put out the full length, the singles that you've already released are always the favorites. So as an independent artist, you're just always financially kind of being like, okay, did I need those? <laughs> extra four songs as much as I like love I'm like such a you know like when I send a song to the the song graveyard I'm always devastated but I'd like to you know I did an interview the other day and uh, the interviewer was like so I know that you're such an advocate for female identifying artists and producers like how many female identifying people worked on this album with you like producer writer wise and I was like it's all men and I really really want to challenge myself to push forward with working with and like raising up female identifying people in music. So I think for the next, whatever body of work that I do, whether it's an EP or an album, I really, really want to source. And like, you know, if it means me going to LA again to, to write with someone, then that's what I'll do. But I really like, you know, I can't, I can't like talk the talk and not walk the walk. <laughs> I love that. Final message to your Montreal fans. I can't wait to see you. I've missed you. I'm going to come eat some chicken because there's a chicken spot that we always go to. I am blanking on the name right now, but we're going to come eat some chicken <laughs> and then we're going to dance. And yeah, honestly, just like wear your best looks and bring all your friends who haven't been to a Ralph show because it's going to be really fun. That's awesome. Well, you know, I love you and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to chat with you. It's always such a pleasure. Awesome. That is uh, Ralph. Again, make sure to check her out, follow her on all of her social media at Songs by Ralph. The Kelly Alexander Show. There you have it. Another episode of The Kelly Alexander Show. And thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. I also want to thank our guests, Canadian recording artist Ralph and our music editor, Sharon Hyland. And of course, our super producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the program together. Please make sure to grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.